0: G'day and welcome to The Grass Is Greener. My name is Tim Henry. I'm a financial advisor in Melbourne. And every week, my guests and I dissect your everyday challenges. We'll get you clearer on your goals and give you financial tips to make it happen. G'day, welcome back to The Grass Is Greener. Thanks for joining. The Cost of Living series continues this week. But rather than talking about specific financial things that you can do this week we're honing in on the emotional side of things about stress fear anxiety worry these are real emotions that we're all probably feeling in some way shape or form we've had a pretty rough emotional couple of years off the back of COVID now there's these financial pressures coming into the mix now some are feeling that worse than others but for all of us in some way shape or form They're going to exist. We've got a fantastic guest on today and it was a really great interview I had with Karen Ely. She's a financial coach. Her company is called Women Talking Finance and Karen came on with this specific topic in mind, how to make better financial decisions in times of stress and Karen talked about um, yeah, you know, what I really liked the first part, talking about the three sections of our brain—the primitive, the emotional, and the the logical—and thinking of those three as as ground floor, first floor, and second floor—and that made a lot of sense with when you when you're sort of balancing up your emotions and and where you're at with with your feelings. And then she had five really fantastic practical strategies for people to feel better about this situation and really inspire yourself if you like to start moving in a positive direction. I won't labour the uh, intro, we'll just get straight into the chat with Karen because it was a beauty. Enjoy the chat with Karen Ely. If this is your first time tuning into The Grass Is Greener, make sure you subscribe to the show on your platform of choice so you'll automatically receive each episode as soon as it's released. We are continuing our Cost of Living series and I'm so wrapped. we are hearing from our financial coach, our resident financial coach for the first time in 2022, Karen Ealy from Women Talking Finance. How are you, Karen?
1: Hi, Tim. I'm good, thanks. Hi, listeners. Great to be back.
0: Yeah, awesome. Um, and thanks for coming back to have this chat on um. On this topic, uh, because as we know, cost of living is a big topic out there at the moment, isn't it?
1: It is, and I think it's the forefront of many people's mind. It's about just these rising, escalating cost um, to live day to day.
0: Yeah, and I think, as we were saying even before we came on air, is that there are there's just a lot of different pressures coming at all in all directions, and I think that that's where people can feel overwhelmed but that's what we're going to focus on today is is really helping uh, manage financial stress or financial emotions or you know even um, I think you talked about how to make better financial decisions in times of stress.
1: Yeah, it's like dealing with the overwhelm isn't it? How do we manage that?
0: Yeah, great. Well, I can't wait for this. <laughs> um, before <laughs> we get started, I know look you've been on a few times now but for anyone that hasn't heard you before, just give us a brief outline of um well yourself and and your business
1: okay thanks tim so i was trained and and worked for many years as a financial advisor about 16. But now my business is more focused around financial coaching. So it's dealing with those emotional sides of how we manage our money. So lots of financial literacy and education, but really delving into how our own childhood has impacted what we do and how we feel about our money so just like there's two sides to a dollar coin i believe there's two sides to the way that we manage our money one is that external side that you deal with tim on a day-to-day basis as a financial advisor you know, cash flow superannuation insurances retirement planning but there's another side of the coin which is really around let's call it our financial mindset our attitudes our emotions and yeah, how we feel about money and what we do and don't do with our money, more of that behavioural side of things.
0: Yeah.
1: So, yeah, that's a bit about me and what a money coach
0: does. <laughs> yeah, cool. Well, I know today, and we, we have on previous episodes, it's it's very much about neuroscience, isn't it?
1: It certainly is, yeah. <laughs> so, there's, um, there's a lot of science behind why we do the things we do with money. So, the thing is, money's not always rational. And we all have this brain. It's one thing we share in common. Hmm. Uh, and But for most of us, we don't actually really understand how it works and how it functions. But it drives so many of our financial decisions.
0: And as we know, with any sort of anxiety or, um, or things like fear and um, stress, they are driven by our emotions in a lot of cases, aren't they?
1: Absolutely. Yes. Yep. Absolutely. And those emotions are actually driven by our thought process. Yeah. And um, yeah. So it's about how do we how do we manage those? How do we how do we deal with those emotions?
0: Cool. Well. So I think let's just start with what are we sensing out there. Uh, I mean, one one of the things that I wrote down that I would love to get out of this episode is for people to. Of course, we want to chat through. the the ways they might be feeling and ways that they can deal with it. But I I think it's important even for people to hear that they're not alone. I mean, there's many people out there feeling this right now. So um, they needn't feel like they're battling through this on their own.
1: That's right. We're all in this together, aren't we? Yeah. We're all going through these external changes
0: yeah. So well, why don't we um, chat firstly about what, what are the types of emotions you think that people might be feeling out there now, Karen?
1: The, the main ones I'm seeing, Tim, are fear, anxiety, stress, and worry. And they all come from a place of uncertainty because there's a lot of uncertainty, isn't there? So... We, we hear about this thing called inflation and the cost of our living going up. We're hearing about interest rates going up and how it's going to impact our mortgages. There's so much uncertainty. And with the war that's going on around the other side of the world, how is that going to impact us? Hmm. We don't know. And
0: then we've still got those, the hangover of COVID and some of the, um, yeah, the right. uncertainty we've already dealt with. We're, we're that's right. probably in a possibly a bit of a fragile state already.
1: That's right. Yeah, exactly. So we're already in a place where our our nervous system um, is pretty much shot for all of us. We've just been in years of constant uncertainty, whether it be cost of living, whether it be our income source and where we have a job or is our business livelihood and our business income in jeopardy. So it takes a toll.
0: So, well, how does financial uncertainty... You know affect us
1: so it affects us on a couple of different levels but what it does is uncertainty our brain doesn't like uncertainty because what our brain does is it's constantly updating our world and it's making judgments about what is safe and what isn't safe and to the human mind uncertainty equals danger Because if your brain doesn't know what's around the corner, like are we going to have Mm. inflation, are interest rates going up, how much is my petrol going to be, can I afford my mortgage repayments, our brain doesn't like that uncertainty and it wants to keep us safe and it can't keep us out of harm's way if it doesn't know what is going to be the, the thing that's in danger. So it causes fear and anxiety and stress and worry. So... That is what our brain is trying to do. It's trying to keep us safe, but it can't keep us safe when there's so much uncertainty going on in the world.
0: I often think as well, Karen, it, it is um, that feeling that can drive, you know, we have a lot of chats with people, you know, when when there's times of volatility, for example, and, you know, they're, they're like, I want to get my money out of this investment or I want to, lower the exposure in my superannuation because i'm feeling fear about the fact that things have gone down and and it's that f- fear sometimes that can drive a rash decision isn't it because it's just oh i just want to feel like i'm not exposed anymore or or, or that vulnerability has gone
1: absolutely so um i've spoken on previous episodes about our brain and the three different regions so we've got Um, our primitive instinctive brain and it's wired to keep us safe and so what that does is it's constantly looking out for fears and threats and one of those fears and threats could be losing all of our money with the share market going down the second part is our emotional part of our brain which is basically an archive for all of our childhood memories and then that last part of our brain is our thinking brain that logical rational part of our brain if we kind of think about uh, those three different regions of a brain, think about it as an, an elevator. So we've got the ground level. Level ground is our instinctive brain. Yep. We go up the levels to level one, which is our emotional brain. But we need to get our brain to move all the way up to our rational brain, which is that level two, because that's where we can make better financial decisions. But the example that you used, Tim, that client was down on the ground floor. They're kind of, let's sell this, let's get out of it, because they're in their fear-based instinctive
0: brain yeah 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 and it, look i think it, it, all uh, uh, you you talk about those the brains we're always gonna have spend plenty of time in that instinctive brain aren't we <laughs> <So> it's not <laughs> absolutely it's not that it does, it's not helpful it's really helpful mm. because it helps us sense danger really quickly or or whatever we need that instinct but sometimes we need to bring out the other elements in i guess
1: Absolutely, because um, we're biologically hardwired to overestimate those threats or fears, mm. and we're also biologically hardwired to underestimate our own ability to handle them.
0: No, oh, that's interesting. I, I yeah. agree with that. I, I really do agree with that because quite often, when you write down all the things that you you do fear, um, the number that actually ever come to fruition is minimal like negligible maybe one percent yeah
1: yeah there's uh there's an acronym for fear what is it false evidence appearing real fear
0: <laughs> right that's good
1: <laughs> and that's what our brain does yeah it's looking for evidence but normally we're just we're just imagining it so overactive imagination
0: so in this situation, though, I guess someone could sit here now and say, well, that's great, um, Karen and Tim. That's a great chat you're having. But I, I, this isn't um, something that might happen. I'm feeling it right now. I've got um, real things happening right now that are causing me problems. But I guess the challenge here is to say, well, let's deal with the things that are facts and let's try to keep some of the things that, and may not eventuate um, out of the equation when when we're working out our plans.
1: Absolutely. So there's some definite practical strategies that, and and I don't mean practical in terms of cash flow and and budgeting and those types of things, practical in regards to how we can manage those emotions and that anxiety that's coming up. So I've got five that um, I'd love to share with you. I
0: love a top five like this, Karen, (laughs) and you're great with those. (laughs)
1: <laughs> I do like the uh, top fives. yeah. So number one, Tim, is breath work. The practice of breathing is really important and it's something that is with us for our entire life, kind of like money, really. It's going to be with us you know, from when we're born to when we die. But breathing and focusing on our breath, allows us to take ourselves out of our head and our mind when there's fe- where there's fear, and it brings us back to our present. And if we think of our nervous system, there's two systems. There's a parasympathetic nervous system, which we are in when we're calm and we're restful. And then there's a sympathetic nervous system, which drives that fight, flight, or freeze response right. in stressful situations. So by breathing, what we're doing is we're switching into the parasympathetic nervous system, which calms everything down. So let's do it together, Tim, just a bit of an exercise. <laughs> Beautiful. So um, I want you to take a breath in to the count of five and then slowly out and count to ten. Now, what do you notice after just doing that? What do you notice about your body?
0: Oh, you can just feel it draining out. Like a sort of attention draining out.
1: That's right. It's attention draining out. So that is one powerful strategy that doesn't cost anything. Yeah. That listeners can do. It's about coming back into the present rather than thinking about all and catastrophizing what could happen with our money, what could happen with our expenses. And then just come back into the present and breathe. And just say to yourself, there is enough. All is well. I am okay. Just saying those three simple sentences are like breathing as well. It just yeah. slows everything down.
0: Like so that's it. number one. So if you Breath. were going to do something like that, do you think you might do that for a minute or two or?
1: Yeah, you could just do it for a couple of minutes. Yeah, it doesn't take much time, doesn't cost anything, but it can just slow everything down.
0: Especially handy, I think, if you are feeling like highly anxious in a, in a certain situation or a moment or... Uh, maybe you've just seen a bill came out that's made you feel anxious or something like that great time to do that's something right. like that i guess
1: yeah that's right like you know getting a, a, a parking fine when you come back to your car or um yeah like an unexpected electricity bill that was more than what you'd budgeted for what happens then is it's not just our brain, but there's neurobiological influences that kind of like chemicals that flow through our body. And one of those um, chemicals is the stress hormone called cortisol, which is produced by the adrenal gland. And so when our cortisol levels are high in our body, it's like toxin to the brain. Mm. Having too much of it, it floods the brains and we can't make good financial decisions when our brain is flooded with that. So breathing helps us calm that down. calm it all down. Yeah, exactly.
0: Cool. I like that. I, I, I've, I've got that um, pegged here to do uh, in the office here some days.
1: Fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. So number two. Number two is about taking small but significant steps in the right direction. So it's feeling like we're making some progress. These things we can't control, Tim. Like we can't control Woolworths to put what prices that they're going to put on a loaf of bread or a carton of milk. We we can't control that. Yep. What we can do is focus on the things that are inside of our control. And that means things with fuel prices going up. Get one of those apps and look at the best deals. You can look at things like Fuel Map, Gas Buddy, Motor Mouth. Actually, what are some things that we can take control over? They're only small things but they're moving us in the right direction.
0: Yeah, it's those I little agree. things. I, I think sometimes when um, something's really troubling us or something is feeling big on us, we feel like we have to make a big impact to match it. Uh, well, that's that's right. And, uh, and I think sometimes, well, first of all, you said it before, it's probably not as big as what you're feeling for a start. Mm-hmm. So you don't need to go that big because the reality is it mightn't be as bad as what you're, you're thinking. And the second thing is if you do aim for something big, it's much harder to impact a big step, isn't it? So impacting a, a small step is, is huge because I, I sort of feel like momentum is – Is a big thing, a really big thing.
1: Absolutely, because if we look at that big chunk, Tim, we can get overwhelmed and we get overwhelmed. What do we do? We do nothing.
0: Yeah, that's right.
1: So you're much better off just taking that small step. And what happens when we take a small step, Tim, is where we are now and we take a step forward, we're now in a different perspective with a different vantage point and we can look for other opportunities. What is that next step?
0: Great word that you say there are opportunities and, and I mean you obviously haven't been um, on the interviews that, that that we've done on this series but we've chatted to a mortgage broker and we've chatted to a food expert and both of them had a number of options and opportunities that are available to anyone right now to to tackle in relation to their mortgage or in relation to food. So it's about that It's and that, that's the classic case of those small things that someone could do to, to try and make an impact.
1: That's right. Absolutely. Couldn't agree more. Cool. So number three, I believe in morning rituals. So starting your day right and we only have to turn on the television or put the news on and... Uh, And there's all of these things that are compounding that fear and anxiety. So rather than doing that, what can you do instead? Our emotions need to move. We need to move them through our bodies. So if we wake up feeling tense or stressed, go for a walk. Emotions need motion. So go do some stretching exercises. Go for a walk. Yeah. And these strategies don't cost anything, but it will really change our mindset and, and how that we can take the day on with what we need to do.
0: Go and spend some time with your dog.
1: <laughs> That's right. I take mean, your dog for dogs a walk. <laughs> don't care
0: about inflation. That's a great thing about them. Um, uh, you know, I, I watched a great video uh, recently. Uh, I guess people have seen these types of things before. It was just quite alarming to watch, but... Um, yeah, it was a video of one of those dogs that calms someone down that has very intense panic attacks where they might hurt themselves or something like that. And it, the video was of that person going into an intense paralyzing panic attack and trying to push the dog away. And the dog just kept coming at her to sit on her lap and make her focus on it. And, oh, uh, isn't that nice? And then eventually she... Yeah, went to the dog. So, yeah, it was it was really amazing, the power of that.
1: Absolutely. And that's the thing with all of these strategies, Tim. Don't let the simplicity of it yeah. get in the way of its effectiveness, how powerful it is yeah. to do these things.
0: And I guess the thing is, a point we're trying to make here is that there's, there's things all around us in nature um, or the world around us where we could tap into as morning rituals
1: absolutely and what do they cost him
0: (laughs) nothing of course
1: (laughs) nothing that's right there's no adverse financial impact to getting out in nature and doing these things yeah beautiful ready for number four number four is gratitude having an exercise of gratitude because as we've mentioned already our brain is wired for identifying threats it's not going to come from a place of abundance or gratitude And what we know in positive psychology research is that gratitude is strongly um, increased and related to greater happiness and well-being. So what we can do as individuals is acknowledge and give thanks to our current situation because all of the listeners like you and I are living in Australia, which probably means we've got a roof over our head, a car, access to transport and food that we've got on our table every night. And this makes us significantly better off than probably half of the world population. So we want to give thanks to that.
0: Yeah, I agree. I think um, it's something that challenges, does challenge us all, doesn't it? Because we tend to focus on the things that need our attention or or areas where we we need to improve or uh, things that we haven't got or whatever. So... I guess it's, again, you're just saying it's, it's switching that focus to what we have rather than what we don't have.
1: That's right because our brain, again, it's biologically hardwired to be looking out for threats. Yeah. So it is constantly coming from that lack of space. How can I keep myself safe rather than looking and focusing and say, wow, look at all these great things I've got around me already.
0: So, you know, the things that you're mentioning here, Karen, it's not, to say that you're and I think that's an important distinction not to say we're ignoring the problem it's just to say we're not going to let it take away too much focus keep focused on other things and and leave have those problems in, um, in their perspective
1: that's right Tim because being fearful or being stressed out over what interest rates are going to do or how much the petrol price is going to be per litre we can't change that. Yeah. Let's focus on the things that we can change and do differently. Yeah.
0: I like it. Mm. Um, and number five,
1: number five. So number five, I call three questions exercise. So there's three questions that you want to ask yourself and it all comes down to those fears and what we were talking about before that we over catastrophize those fears. So, You ask yourself three questions so the listeners can write these down. What is your greatest fear about this situation? So for the listeners, it could be my greatest fear is that I'm not going to have enough to buy all of the groceries that I want or that interest rates are going to go up and my mortgage repayments are going to be a lot more than I can afford. So just because it's what's happening at the moment, Tim, is it's going around in our head. We've got this fear going around and around and around in our head. We want to get it out of our head onto paper. Right. So you've so got to write, write it, it, down. it
0: down,
1: yeah. Write it down. What is your greatest fear about this situation? What am I afraid of? So that's question number one. Question number two is now what are some of the options of what could happen instead? like you're saying before what are the opportunities what are some other ways of thinking about this particular situation
0: yeah and that that is (laughs) that is interesting i mean i'll I'll let you keep going with the questions because i I, Mm -hmm. I, I wouldn't mind making a, a comment on that
1: beautiful and so the third question is what do i hope will happen Because we want to focus back on the positive rather than the negative. And these three questions, Tim, is basically each question is moving you up each level of the elevator. We're starting off in fear, instinctive, ground floor. What are some other options? Moving up creative, emotional. And what do you hope will happen? What are some of the rational alternatives out there and where we want to be? What is that end goal that we want
0: to focus on? I like it. Gee, that's great, Karen. Um yeah, it just made me even even think there with with that middle question. What remind me what that middle question was again?
1: So can you give me some other options of what might happen yeah. instead?
0: Yeah, that's right. And I think I think this is where it, it floats back into I, I feel like when people feel like they have options, then that feeling of fear subsides because it's like, well, I've got things that I can focus on and go and try. Absolutely. And I think where we got to in a couple of the other episodes when we chatted about this was you've really got two choices in this situation is you can choose to absorb what's going on. So either absorb the fear or absorb the cost with no fear. Or change some part of what you're doing to, to, to help solve the problem. I mean, they're, they're really Absolutely. the only two choices you've got, aren't they?
1: That's right. And that's what you can explore in this. Yeah,
0: that's right. And so th- those three questions are fantastic because I think it's about going through that phase of, well, is this fear big enough for me to do something about it? And what are those things that I could do?
1: That's right. Get creative. And that's one thing where a financial advisor can be a really good sounding board. It's kind of because when you are stuck in that place of fear, sometimes it's hard to kind of look at what are the other options out there. Yeah. So speak to someone else about it that might be coming at it from a different perspective without being in that fear-based part of our brain. I, you
0: know, I even think as well, Karen, I would say any any service that you're using because and we were chatting before we came on air about things we're hearing from clients, um, anyone that's dealing with people on a day-to-day basis and hearing their stories and helping people solve problems, they're going to have maybe a story that relates to yours and be able to say, Absolutely. well, I, I just had this situation last week and this is what we did. And and so it, it's just it's expanding your knowledge and and finding out Really, getting your ear to the ground on what's going
1: on—that's right. Just going out there and being a detective, collecting other that information. <laughs> That's
0: right. Yeah, you just don't know what's there. Um, Absolutely. So, like, how do we sort of ensure that we're making the best financial decisions for our circumstances? You know, as we're going through. You know, I know we can have those. Those types of questions um, are good a good way to explore options but then how do we sort of judge whether what we ultimately choose to pursue um, are actually good decisions
1: yeah great question so it really comes down to being conscious of where are you making that decision from so what part of that elevator are you in when you're making that decision and so some things to help do that is Whatever that financial decision is, whether it be the purchase of something or an investment or refinancing, give yourself time and space because when we're when we make very quick decisions, we're operating in that instinctive part of our brain. So we just want to put some space between it. So delay that decision for a day or two, yeah. rather than just being really responsive. It's like right, okay. I need to make this change, yep. put some space in between it and slow down that thinking process.
0: I guess um, as we, we, we've we chatted uh, um, in other podcast topics about this and i you use that as a bit of a strategy for your son buying um, <laughs> whether he's going to make a purchase or something. But it, it is relevant because it takes that emotion out of it and if you still feel the same way, the next day or a couple of days later then mm. it's probably going to feel a lot more um, of a solid rational base to to push forward
1: that's right and so when you've got that space then you can consider your current financial resources and evaluate well what are the opportunity costs so if i take this course of financial action what am i potentially missing out on in the future or what are the opportunity costs yeah. Because we really want to be really rational and put this all on paper and you can kind of workshop it out and say, okay, if I go ahead with this financial decision, what are the longer-term consequences rather than just being short-term focused?
0: Yeah, I like it. Really good. Um, well, let's, that has given us a really, really solid structure there, Karen, to, to work with you know, what people are, uh, are going through I really uh, love that the five uh, practical strategies there because they're all different, uh, but they all work together. So that's right. Yeah, that's right. That was really great. Is there anything else you'd like to add?
1: So, Tim, I think it's really important to firstly acknowledge these emotions of what you're feeling because it's okay to have these fears, these anxieties, to feel stress and to feel worry. And please understand you are not the only person that is experiencing mm, this. Yep. So the first part is acknowledging it and then look at what are some of those five strategies that I feel comfortable putting in place, whether it be one, two or all five of them, then take those on. But just know that you're not alone and it is okay. We are hardwired to feel these things in times of uncertainty and that is where we're all at in
0: 2022. I'm always reminded by a a quote that says we are emotional beings that have the ability to think. So it is actually natural for us to have emotions and it's natural for us to feel that. Um, It's then what we do with that. Um, So I think that's the point you're making.
1: Absolutely, yes, and and depending on when you're born as well, Tim, because I know I, I grew up in the in the seventies, and um, it was kind of like when you had emotions, it's kind of like stop crying, go to your room. Or <laughs> uh, right. I don't think emotions were invented till the nineteen nineties. So <laughs> <That's> right, <yeah. laughs> depending on how you were raised, <laughs> we can have different responses to our emotions. Exactly
0: right. <laughs> well, that's great, Karen. Thank you so much for coming on. That has just been a, a wonderful half an hour of of real practical steps that we can take. And really, um, I'm really, i sure that our listeners are really gra- grateful that you've come on and, and shared those with us.
1: Oh, it was wonderful, Tim. Thank you. It was my pleasure. It's great to be here.
0: Okay, thanks. Bye. See you soon. Bye, Tim. Well, we're continuing uh, each week. We're chatting to, well, a local business or somebody in the community that's doing something pretty cool. And we're doing... Both of those things this week because we've got Samantha Woodland, someone I've known for a number of years, who started a brand new business in Parkdale, um, Momentum Podiatry Group. How are you, Sam? Good,
2: thanks, Tim. Thanks for having me on. How are you?
0: I'm good. Well, and Sam is, um, she's actually said, I'm not sure why, because she's one of the best talkers I've met. Um, she's she's sort of saying maybe she um, wasn't sure what she was going to say this morning. But I know once we get her going, um, she'll be fired up. Um, <laughs> but Sam, tell us about your new business and, and what you've done.
2: Yeah, thanks, Tim. So um, I recently launched three weeks ago, Momentum Podiatry Group. Um, yep. It's been a long time coming to fruition, but um, it's already gaining momentum, should I say, which is exciting. <laughs> nice. um, so it specialises in the lower limb down um, with general podiatry, um, but have a big focus on sports podiatry and running mechanics. Um yep majorly because that's a lot of my background and my interest, but yeah. I do cover everything from older clientele, diabetes, ingrown toenails um, to, yeah, any sports injury and um, a huge array of treatment options.
0: Well, I know from, and you've actually treated me before, <laughs> Sam, so I know that you've got a modern um, take on things with, with your podiatry. Um, first of all, whereabouts in Parkdale are you?
2: So um, I'm on Como Parade West, yep. which has uh, excellent parking, which is good, So, <laughs> yeah. um, which is important at the moment. Um, so right, not in the group of shops but very close to
0: it, so yeah, right
2: cool. near the train station, which is good.
0: Oh, great. Um, tell us also uh, just about um, what was your motivation for starting your own business because I know that you've been working in businesses within the area for a number of years so um, it's exciting that you're starting your own gig.
2: Yeah yeah it's been very exciting. It's been a big step but um, something that I feel like I've thought about for a long time but um, I, I guess I've put my heart and soul into working for other businesses in the area for a long time and yeah. some of this business management comes naturally to me. I feel like I've always been good at logistics and people management. And so I felt like, well, I can still help people while um, clients, while running a business, um, but then also get to see my vision come to reality. And so it's been exciting doing everything from, you know, logo concept to website to um, the space coming together. Um, And I've got, yeah, some big ideas. And so it's really nice to be able to help people as well as you know, creating that vision and feeling like I can challenge myself in other ways other than just um, treating. So it's good.
0: Yeah, great. Um, One of the things I really loved uh, looking through your website was um, uh, a little app that you're using called PhysiTrack. I wish one of these existed for financial advice. I would love it. (laughs) Um, But can you tell us a little bit about that? Because I reckon over the years when I've done physio and that, I've got, little notes that have been handwritten for me and i've got to try and get home and then go oh that's a little diagram of an exercise what was i supposed to do there again so tell us about fizzy track because it's it's really cool
2: yeah that's exactly right i mean i've walked out of consults and i i have a background in it and i have no idea when i get home what they said because of the stick figures or you sort of you have a (laughs) question so um These days, I mean, there's a few different apps around, but I've been using one called Track. And what I do is upload recordings of myself or someone else doing the demonstration of the video. Um, And so for every client, it's specific to them. So we tailor the sets and reps of the exercise. They get the video and then they can tick off when they've done it at home or not. Um, And I find that because people have that um, visual, they're more accountable and they've got better technique. So you're getting better success and results with it as well, which is good.
0: Plus it's sort of per- personalised to you, isn't it? So you're going to feel a bit more um, connected to it.
2: That's exactly right, yeah. yeah. And you and you often know the person who's doing the video, so you feel like you've got some <laughs> yeah. relationship there too.
0: Well, I think as well, look, um, I know from the stick figure type things on the on the sheet of paper is sometimes when you're not sure if you're doing it right, you're not that committed to the exercise because you're like, I'm not really sure. Maybe I need to ring. So um, it's good. Um, yeah. I would love... It's a really interesting question because I'm reading the question now and saying what do you think it's important for people to think about with feet, ankles and legs? But it's pretty obvious why we need them.
2: <laughs> yeah, well, but, um, they hold up the whole body...
0: Wait, yeah, really hard. don't
2: they? I feel like yeah. there's this saying that if someone's um, got a sore foot, you can tell by their facial expression. Um, yeah. which I think is pretty true. I mean, even when something's sore, like in your, your hand or if, um, your arm, you know about it, but the feet do hold so much weight, and every yeah. step, um, you notice it, so it really impacts. Every part of your daily living, if you can't walk or move around, so yeah, they are a huge importance, um, and the a lot can go wrong in the feet. There's a lot of bones, tendons, a lot ligaments. Of bones, isn't it? Yeah, and then also um, things like diabetes really affect the feet as well. Um, so there's oh, that right? yeah, because um the um, sh- sugar affects your blood flow and your peripheral um your neuropathy. So right. um yes, yeah, so it's a huge area of scope as well in podiatry. But it does affect you in a large way if you've got something wrong with your feet. So it is important yeah. to have them checked um for any issues and address things early as well.
0: And I guess that I mean that's certainly the case with uh, we we do a lot of sport, don't we? But um anyone that's doing sport, that's an obvious one. But especially I feel like as you as we're getting older, and I'm much older than you, Sam, but um, the it's important that we can keep moving. So it's probably one of the most important things for your vitality as you, as you age. So um, having healthy feet, ankles and legs is, is really important.
2: Yeah, that's exactly right. And I think um, my vision for the business is to have, be able to help people to keep moving to live their best life. So it is important, but it. Yeah, well, podiatry is just one aspect of overall health. So we do work with other allied health and GPs to make sure that you can keep moving. So it's a very collaborative approach.
0: Oh, awesome, Sam. Well, I can honestly say um, you're, um, you know, I, uh, with the experience we've had, you're, I know you've got a really modern take on uh, the way you deliver your services and you're new into that area. And so encourage people to look up momentum podiatry group
2: thanks tim i really appreciate having (laughs) having the chat
0: cool we'll see you soon
2: sounds good thanks tim bye
0: bye if you're looking for a community of like-minded people who are going on a journey similar to you then i invite you to join the grasses greener facebook group where you can connect share and learn from other people just like you The information in this podcast is of a general nature and does not take into account your own financial objectives, circumstances and needs. You should consider your own personal situation and requirements before making any decision. If you have any concerns or questions, please contact me. That's the end of another show. Remember, the grass isn't greener on the other side it's greener where you water it. See you later.